My name is Robert Rickover. I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I also teach on a regular basis in Toronto. And during the last uh, five years or so, I've been doing uh, more and more teaching on Skype uh, online. This is the third part of a series I'm doing on how to use Alexander Technique directions. And it will probably be useful if you've listened to the first two parts, watch the first two parts before you uh, watch this. And in this, um, in this se uh, section, I'm going to talk about a, a problem that can arise with Alexander Technique directions. In a way, it's a very good problem to have, but it, is, it can be a bit of a challenge. If you'll recall, uh, we experimented in earlier, uh, the earlier two sessions on using the direction I'm free in walking. And um, I, I imagine that some of, the, some of you have had some pretty interesting experiences with that. And in particular, you might have noticed that your feet came down more light, lightly on the floor when you were using that direction. Or possibly you noticed um, uh, when you threw the direction away or shifted to a nonsense direction, um, your footfalls uh, became heavier, or you may have noticed a little heaviness within you. And that's when this uh, problem, and I put the word problem in quotations here, comes into play. That is, if you're using, and this, is, this would be true for any Alexander Technique direction, but in this case, if, you, if you're thinking to yourself very lightly, all the things we talked about, I'm free, and suddenly there's a little shift that you notice in yourself, especially if it's a beneficial shift, it's gonna be extremely tempting to put your attention on that new thing, that change. And that has a, a couple of um, problems associated with it. One of them is you might, uh, you might notice you're walking a little differently and you might, and lighter, and you might have, uh, be a little tempted to help that along somehow. Uh, which, as we discussed earlier, is probably not going to be a good idea. Um, but perhaps even more importantly, your attention is very likely to go to that change you noticed. And before you know it, you're no longer using the very direction that brought it about. And th it's actually... a um, I've talked earlier about this being an experimental process, and there's a uniquely human issue that comes up here. Typically, when scientists do experiments, they change one thing and measure another, and they um, are, in a sense, kind of independent of those results. They're just recording it. Often it's recorded by machinery. And if a result is good, the machine doesn't get excited and forget about what it's doing. The machine just keeps on uh, collecting the data. But we're humans, and when a nice thing happens, we tend to want to 
be interested in it, pay attention to it. So there's no absolutely a universal solution to this problem, but I found with my own teaching and working on myself with directions that one good way to approach it is to keep the experiments that you do or the, the amount of time that you use a direction fairly short. And I suggested earlier, maybe 20 seconds would be a good time frame, half a minute, but probably not more than that. And so that if you are using a direction and something changes for the better, you could kind of just put it aside. You could maybe very softly think to yourself, you know, I'll get back to you shortly. But right now, I'm running my experiment, something like that. There, it's an art. There's no, there's no um, hard and fast uh, procedure to avoid this issue. But um, I think it's important to be aware of it. And I might add that, um, and this is something I go over with all my students, that uh, neuroscience has uh, is pretty conclusively determined that we have a fairly limited number of in-the-moment things or thoughts or ideas that we can attend to at, in, in, at any one point in time. And that the number that um, neuroscientists have come up with varies a bit from, from one to the other, but it's usually in the neighborhood of seven plus or minus two, a, a fairly small number of things that we can be attending to at any one time. And if we're, and some of those memory slots are taken up with things that are pretty important, like is there a hole in, uh, in the pavement in front of me that I need to avoid, or is there a car coming on my left, that kind of stuff. So we don't have a lot of spare memory slots. And usually adding, adding we're, we're taking up one of those with the direction. I'm free, there's a memory slot taken up right there. And it's quite possible that if you, if, you, if you think to yourself, I'm free, and your walking gets a little lighter and you're interested in that, that the I'm free part will disappear. And so that's, that's why it's a pretty good idea to distance yourself in the moment from those results. But you don't want to put any energy into pushing them away either because that's a memory slot too. So it, it's just a question of putting them aside for a bit. And I'll just add one more thing, the, this uh, idea from neuroscience that we have this limited number of things that we can attend to at any one moment means that when we choose a direction, we need to, it, that's an intervention in ourselves and we need to choose carefully. Now, I'm free is an excellent overall direction. Uh, in another session or two, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest a couple of others to experiment with. But in general, you want to intervene as efficiently as possible. So as I said, this is a uniquely human uh, situation. We are both the experimenter and the experimentee. And, that, and with that comes some, some fascinating uh, challenges.
So I think that's all I'll say about that right now. Uh, there'll be two or three more um, short videos in this, uh, this collection that I'm recording right now.